Hello and welcome to this special Hempson's podcast. My name is Andy Daly. I'm Head of Corporate Partnerships at Social Enterprise UK. And I've been invited to lead a discussion on how social enterprises can benefit from a particular form of finance. I'll be joined by two speakers today, one from Hempson's and the other from one of the country's leading social enterprises. But first, a quick introduction to our work at Social Enterprise UK. And I'll begin with a definition. Social enterprises are businesses with a social or environmental mission. Like traditional businesses, they aim to make a profit, but it's what they do with their profits that sets them apart, reinvesting or donating them to create positive social change. Social Enterprise UK is the national body for social enterprise. We believe that social enterprise is the future of business and our best chance of creating a fairer world and a more sustainable planet. There are over 100,000 social enterprises in the UK, contributing £60 billion to GDP and employing over 2 million people. As the national body, we represent all of these social enterprises in our work, our research, our campaigns, our policy engagement and our network building. We have almost 3000 members working with us. Our membership doesn't just consist of social enterprises. It also includes charities, housing associations, universities, public sector organisations and private sector businesses, all supporting our vision of a world where social enterprise is the usual way of doing business. And this is the link with our two speakers today. Hempson's and the Skill Mill are both members of Social Enterprise UK. And I would like to find out more about how they've been working together. So for the discussion today, we're joined by Crispin Pettifer, partner at Hempson Solicitors, and David Parks, managing director of the Skill Mill. And we're going to hear about a programme that the two organisations have collaborated on. Uh, this is a programme which uses an innovative funding structure to help young people break the cycle of reoffending and gain work experience. Uh, David, I wonder if we can start with you. Could you give us a brief overview of the Skill Mill? What is its social mission and what does the business do in the interests of that mission? Hi, Andy. And uh, yeah, well, Skill Mill was founded seven years ago whilst I was working uh, in the youth offending team in Newcastle upon Tyne. Um, it came about after many, many years of kind of concern around uh, opportunities for young people in the juvenile justice system to enter the labour market. And there was a kind of eureka moment then seven years ago when together with the Environment Agency, we discovered that there was actually a, a market for uh, out there for young people to um, be engaged in activity which would help contribute to flood risk management. That was their um, major um, um, need and um, we had effectively a workforce of young people who are ready, willing and able to undertake those tasks. Um, so when you, you, know, you talk about social enterprises uh, having a focus on uh, social mission, as well as generating um, you know, income and, and revenue, um, the skill mill was born out of uh, a desire to um, effect positive social change more than anything else. The actual um, um, business opportunity, if you like, came later. So, um, and that's, and that's that's what happened. So effectively, we had some young people who were very interested in um, <clears throat> doing this sort of work, but there were very little opportunities. Well, let's create our own opportunity. We set up the skill mill 
And then we learned about social enterprises. Well, this this is a social enterprise. Let's let's create a social enterprise then. And um, and we've been working hard on that model, which is actually very simple for young people with a supervisor outdoors doing environmental maintenance work. It's the simplest of terms. Um, and we've been building this this model um, over the past seven years. Okay. Great, thank you. So tell us a bit more about the programme. How does it help vulnerable young people to get work experience? What does that journey look like? So it gives young people um, a real work experience. That's the, the first thing. It's a job. It's a job um, with uh, pay. Um, they learn skills relating to the workplace and so employability skills. Um, they also learn practical skills so it's a big leg up in terms of um, entering the labour market. Our job is limited to six months. So um, in, within that six months, the young people are, um, well, we expect them uh, to um, make the most of that opportunity. Uh, and for the young people we're talking about here, they're typically in the top 10% of the offender cohort. So they are the, the most prolific um, mostly the most serious uh, offenders who are coming out of custody or they're at risk of custody. And our only kind of um, precluding uh, um, factor is the risk. So long as the young people are um, not presenting a risk of harm to themselves or others, and we are managing mental health and any other issues the young people have got very complex needs but within that 10% cohort of offenders there are young people there who are um, capable of of getting up in the morning coming out to work managing their behavior so that's that's who we're targeting um, and that six months is transformative in so many ways um, and there is a, is a massive expectation of course around ceasing their offending behavior so that's that's the number one um, sort of uh, contract uh, condition that we have that the uh, offending ends and we will provide them with a fantastic opportunity to um, progress in terms of their own um, employability, but then, you know, make um, a transition then at the end of the six months into the wider labour market. Okay, right. Now, I know the programme uh, was jointly commissioned by seven local authorities, but I also know that there's a social impact bond at the heart of this, uh, making sure you are paid according to successful outcomes. Now, I'm sure many listeners are like me and have some familiarity with the concept of social impact bonds, but perhaps you could just talk us through who the key stakeholders are and how that funding structure works. Okay, so um, I've just described to you our business model, which is as simple as you could probably imagine. Um, and now we're going to talk about a funding model, which is as complex as you could possibly imagine. Um, so social impact bond, um, I've, I've been living with this for like four years um, since we were first approached by the cabinet office, who were aware of the impact that Skillmill was having in the juvenile justice um, kind of policy area and wanted to talk to us about about the potential for um, developing this as a, as a social impact bond. So I guess like, you know, when we set up the skill mill, we, had, we hadn't really heard of social enterprise. <laughs> and then we got into this uh, funding uh, discussion 
what's a social impact bond? So we had exactly the same discussion as uh, uh, many people will be having now. What 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 is this thing? Um, so it's complicated because there are a lot of key uh, stakeholders, as you as you mentioned. There are investors, and in the case of our social impact bond, there are four different investors. The investor group, the investors um, um, raise the the capital to um, um, launch the program and cover the upfront cost. Um, and then there are commissioners, and the commissioners are those who pay for the outcomes. Um, which in turn repays the investors their investment with a return. Um, and in the case of this social impact bond, we started with seven, actually now eight, eight local authority commissioners all working together. So that's complicated. Uh, it's complicated enough, I think, working with one local authority, but we have eight local authorities. Within each local authority, we have um, commissioners, we have procurement officers, we have lawyers. Um, we have heads of service, all sorts of people that we need to um, engage with and um, and bring to the table with a, um, um, you know, a, an equal understanding of, of the programme. Um, we also have, in the case of this social impact bond, a, um, um, a subsidy which comes in the form of a life chances fund, and that actually covers 50% of the outcome payments. And that's administered by the Department for Digital Culture, Media and Sport through the Centre for Social Impact Bonds. Um, and that is managed by the National Lottery Community Fund. So they're also a key, a key partner in this programme. Um, obviously, we've got the skill mill. That's the provider. So we're delivering the service. Um, and the social impact bond for us is, is very interesting because um, because the scale mill is a, as you, you know, it's a, it's a social enterprise. So we're selling a service, so we're generating revenue, but we're also delivering a huge amount of impact and and, and therefore savings uh, to the state. So the social impact bond releases that, and uh, you know, scale mill benefits from the um, it, it, the 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 cost savings to the state um, through the reduced reoffending primarily. Although we have six outcomes that we are paid for. Um, the biggest, of course, being reducing reoffending, um, and we also have uh, because the skill mill social impact bond is further complicated by the fact that it also requires um, uh, sales uh, revenue generated by the skill mill to supplement the outcome payments because not all the investor. Uh, investment is covered by outcome payments, so the skill mill has to make a contribution itself. Um, so that's quite different from from every other SIB virtually. Um, so yeah, so we have a lot of other partners who are the, um, the the contractors we work with who commission skill mill to deliver a service out there in all eight locations. So yeah, it's a it's a complicated arrangement. There are lots of players. Um, um, but it is a it's an exciting um, arrangement because it brings together a lot of different parties and um, then generates a lot of innovation in itself, I think. OK, well, as you say, it, it, it's a complex funding model, but you've done a great job of, of sort of explaining it there, David. And, and, and I understood almost all of that. <laughs> the, 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 the final point about sales does sound really interesting as well. That, that sounds like something that's unique. You said there are eight local authorities putting you on the spot. Could you name them? Which, which areas are you working in? 
Yeah, well, so I'll start from north to south. How's that? Um, so the, the furthest north is uh, Durham, um, and then we are in Leeds, um, and then we're in uh, Rochdale, and then we're in Birmingham, Nottingham, Croydon, Surrey, and West Sussex. Wow, that's quite a spread. That's 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 fantastic. Yeah. Okay. Okay. Um, so with such a complex funding structure, I I'm sure that some legal support was was invaluable. So perhaps we could turn to you, uh, uh, Crispin. Could you? I I asked David for a brief overview of the skill mill. Could you give us a brief overview of Hempson's and and your particular work and how that links with uh, with the skill mill? Uh, yeah. Hi, Andy. Um, Andy. Hi. We are a firm that's known for its work in health and social care and for charities and for social enterprise. In fact, we've got a top 10 ranking in the sector. How, how about that? We do public services delivery and um, it comes in various shapes and sizes and in various forms of um, complexity. Actually, to cut through all of that, what a social enterprise needs from a lawyer is not really very different from what any any company needs from a lawyer. So we've talked about setting up a, a special purpose vehicle. Well, the skill mill didn't do that, but one was set up. So there's the formation of companies. Um, we do sales and acquisitions of companies as well. That's not applied here. It's mainly about contracts here, making sure that relationships work um, through a chain of contracts and what everybody involved in it at once can all be amalgamated and make sense uh, across a series of different relationships. There's a there's a main contract, which is the outcomes contract between um, the um, SPV that's been set up by the investors and the various commissioners. And that that is the really um, central document in this in this deal. Now, the good thing from from the point of view of Davy and I is we're not we don't participate in that um, because we're we're the supplier of, of, of the service under a subcontract to the SPV. So we have just a, a, an on the ground view of it all, just doing what the skill mill does for the SPV. And um, so in, in many ways, it's been quite a simple job acting for the skill mill under the under the subcontract making sure that we just are required to do um what what the skill mill does well and to scale it up and to uh, have achievable outcomes that that can then be met that's the heart of it there are then bits of employment law around there because uh, uh the people who look after the the employees in the in the eight locations are seconded from the youth vendor services of the various local authorities. And, and of course, um, we've got quite a lot of sensitive personal information uh, about people that's passing from organisation to organisation at various different stages. So there are agreements around that. Hmm. So that, okay. that's the nuts of what we're, we do. Right, great. Situations. Okay, when and how did you begin working with the skill mill and what were your first impressions yeah. about christmas uh 2019 and the aim was to get it done all very quickly and my first impressions were that um we had a really well organized well 
thought through offering and commercial objective here. And um, and if that had not been the case, it would have been a, a much more complicated piece of work to get this set up. Um, actually, I, I say about Christmas, I, I'm, I'm not quite telling the truth, to be honest, Andy. We, we did actually speak to Tavy uh, a couple of years before uh, about other ways of scaling up. And in fact, quite a few months before Christmas 2019, we did, uh, Davey said, look, this this um, social impact bond is in the offing. I'm going to need some legal advice. And there was a conversation about you know, getting getting ready. But actually, the, the, the nitty gritty of it from the social enterprise point of view comes really towards the end. There has to be a good plan and a and a firm structure at the beginning. But the hard work for the lawyers comes at the end. But wouldn't have worked if we hadn't had that good plan. If Davy hadn't really completely got his head around all these complexities, as he just described very well. <laughs> okay, so uh, the social impact bond was in the offing. You you were looking at how to scale more broadly. How this is a question for for both of you, I suppose. Maybe Crispin, you could you could start. But what do you think makes this form of structure particularly suitable? For a case like this, why, why, why did you land? It could be Crispin or Davy, whoever wants to come in first. What? Uh, so I jump in first. Social impact bond. I'll jump in first, and then, and then Davy will um, no doubt improve and, uh, and refine my my answer. I, I think the the offering that the um, social enterprise has uh, needs to be capable of being scaled up. And it needs to be clear. Um, and what um, what works well here is that um, the skill mill uh, will be doing in the eight local authority areas, or is doing in the late, late eight local authority areas, what it already does do, and what it knows about. And the, it's not a contrived exercise to to make it all grow. I think that's the that's the the really crucial thing. I I would not. Oh, I mean, the, on the other hand, I would not suggest that using a social impact bond could be an answer to some underlying problem. If only we were bigger, it would all be all right. I, because what's at the what's at the root of this is that there are a lot of other people involved now who are looking at what that social enterprise does, and and you have um, the skillman now has to be accountable monthly at least for lots of measures, not just um, the outcomes, but especially the outcomes. What will make it successful is if if what you do is capable of being scaled up and approached in that way. Davey, what would you what would you add to that? Any 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 thoughts on, yeah. on how you ended up? How, how did you land on that? Crispin's given a very good overview. What would you add? I think, um, yeah, if you, if you believe it, you know, that what you're doing has, um, you know, the potential to, you know, affect, you know, the sorts of change that, um, um, you know, we, we are planning. And uh, um, then, you know, I think social impact bond, I mean, the complexity aside, the, 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 um, the value of it in terms of, you know, raising the profile of what, what we're doing, or, you know, what's happening, um, validating 
you know, the the programme and the people involved, putting a big spotlight on, you know, ourselves to, um, to you know, because we're not afraid, we're not afraid of, of, of that. And um, we, you know, we're, we're very um, uh, confident in our approach and um, we have spent a long time developing it and, and bringing a real fantastic team around it. Um, I mean, I have to say that, uh, you know, we, we uh, could not have done this without without Crispin um, and the the support because it's it's more than just I guess that because the legal uh, um, aspects of this are um, well for me and our, our side quite mind boggling. Um, so they kind of walk through that um, that that we've had in terms of um, Crispin support and encouragement and uh, you know that that's you know without that that w- it would not have been possible to. To do this, but in terms of the 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 sieve itself, I think it's um, it's got that potential to really validate um, a program, um, and uh, and it's not so much when we first started on this journey. It was uh, you know we were told well it's uh, you know we don't have the volume and sibs were kind of intended to scale up and create a lot of volume, but for us it's 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 the critical few. Who actually, if 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 we t- told you how much it's going to cost the justice system in one year for you know a serious offender, it would you know it's eye-watering numbers. So it's not necessarily about volume; it's actually about impact, and um, and those outcomes that you know we can achieve for those young people is uh, you know not just life-changing for the individuals, but uh, you know for their for their families and the. You know the stories we have from those young people's families about you know the 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 transformation that's taken place, the um, you know the impact it's having on everyone in the household, and we're hoping that it's not just you know for for now. This is a you know we in, in criminological terms a desistance journey, so it starts with us, but it goes on for the rest of their lives, and and we're hoping that that positive uh, impact we're having is going to you know have a ripple effect through their lives, um, their, their own children aren't going to be, you know, ending up in, in the in the juvenile justice system themselves, which is typically the case or or within the care system. So that, you know, so we, you know, we can't prove any of this, but we but we certainly know that we're doing something which is having um, a, a much wider impact than just the, you know, the pound shillings and pence that, you know, it costs to lock someone up, which is which is massive in itself. So yeah, the, um, I, I definitely believe that um, it's it's worth the, the pain. But uh, yeah, you do need a good lawyer. <laughs> I'm sure. Yeah. What very kind of you to, to say <laughs> that, David. <laughs> you, David just demonstrated, Andy, just in in what he just said there. Um, why why my first impression was that he really had a, a grasp of what of what the skill mill can bring to the picture and then if you're then looking at the contracts and, uh, and and working out whether these these relationships are going to work um it, it it's so much easier to do it when you know what 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 the social enterprise is going to offer and can offer and um what you don't want to do on any of these kinds of things is is, is pledge something that you can't deliver the last thing uh, that you you need to do is is over promise or promise something that's adjacent to what you do but it's not really the point because that that's that sort of 
apparent distraction will will completely put everything into a tailspin. Uh, and and because Dave is absolutely clear what matters to the skill mill and what matters above all to the employees, um, it, it just becomes so easy to to go through everything else and say, does this does this um, fit? You know, is everything in a line? Is there any is there anything in the way here? And and if there is something in the way, it's so easy to have a a sensible conversation with the um, uh, all of the other people involved, all of the people representing the investors, and and so on. And say, so I don't think this quite works. What do you think? Because we've we've all got, uh, in in one sense, the same objective, which is 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 that this thing needs to be a success for everybody. It needs to be a win above all for the for the young people as, and their families, as David has described, and then it needs to be a win. <clears throat> for the local authorities because why else would they bother to commission this um and if they, if they can show that um that, that this model can actually deliver both better and cheaper that's great if they can show that it can deliver better and cheaper but do you know what if it doesn't we can pull out then that then that's really great so then they they they, they should be happy there mm -hmm. uh, and then the investors um can be confident investing if they know that they are signing up to outcomes that they can trust the social enterprise to deliver. Yeah, and then it all it all works in a in a nice line. Mm -hmm. Yeah, and and what is the data telling you, Davy? Can you give us a, a flavour of you, you have to keep track of all of those outcomes? Uh, what what's the data telling you? Is the funding coming through? How is that working? Yeah, so um, I mean, fortunately for us, we've um, from from day one, um, we had a real strong focus on on capturing um, data, and we partnered with um, you know a strong academic group that has been you know working with us to to do this. So um, so we're measuring all sorts of things around around um, what we're doing, um, not just the the outcomes um, which are. Uh, funded as part of the SIB. Um, so we, I mean, just to give you some um, of the big headline figures, we've employed because um, we've we've just started uh, the 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 second cohort of this social impact bond. So the first cohort started last August. They completed at the end of uh, January, and um, the second cohort has just been employed in the well seven locations we started in August and then we've added West Sussex. So we have now eight, uh, eight places where we have um, young people employed. So that's 168 young people um, that we've employed so far uh, since we started in 2014. And we have had 16 reconvictions so far. Now obviously 32 of those uh, 168 have only been with us a week. So, um, you know, but the um, 158 or so um, that have done at least six months with us and some have done now <laughs> five and a half, six years, um, um, 16 reconvictions. That's like, that's less than 10%, which comparing that to the national uh, data, I mean, from the Ministry of Justice, if 
if a young person has committed 11 or more previous convictions, the, the likelihood of reoffending is 72%. That's a huge difference, isn't it? So huge it's huge difference. Yeah. So, I mean, that's for that's the, you know, that's, that's mm. the proof in terms of the, uh, um, it actually delivering. Um, so yeah, so there's, um, so there's, there's that, that's the, he- the kind of headline stuff. That's what we're really interested in is, is has there been a further conviction or not? Um, but as I say, there's, there's, there's many other outcomes, um, that we achieve and we're very interested in, in lots of things and, and particularly around the, the fact that working outdoors in itself brings lots of physical and mental health benefits. And we haven't got a really um, sophisticated um, method of, of of capturing this other than talking to the young people themselves and, and asking them um, and getting their view on it. Um, but definitely that's a major, that's a major, uh, that's the kind of maybe the, the secret sauce, you know, in all of this is the fact that it's, it's outdoors, it's physically hard work. Um, it's it's you know it's not high skilled so that's also important but you know being in contact with nature and most of the work that we do does involve that um, just has really fantastic spin-off uh, in terms of improved mental and physical health and you're talking about young people living in um, often sort of cramped conditions and and in uh, inner city locations and they're working outdoors and. No, we have to travel very far from the centre of Birmingham to get some green space, you know. So that's that's where we're, we're, what we're doing. Um, so there's a there's a real nice mix of, um, you know, hard outcomes, have they reoffended or not, and then lots of soft stuff that we also try to measure. Okay, fantastic example of of what can be achieved. Then, um, final question to to both of you: uh, What would your advice be to other social enterprises that are looking at social impact bonds, but not sure where to begin or not sure if it's for them. Well, Davey, I went first last time. Why don't you go <clears throat> first this time? <laughs> um, so, so I mean, I have a love-hate relationship with social impact bonds. <laughs> so I have to say it's a, it's, it's a, um, it's a, it's a really um, tough um, process to, to work through. I mean, I guess if you, if you're not working with eight commissioners, if you're not working with four um, investors, if you're um, um, not having to supplement your uh, um, funding model with, through your own sales, it might be a lot easier. Um, but for us, we found it um, really challenging um, because there's a lot of fickle um, elements to it, and, and it has to all come together like a you know fantastically complicated jigsaw, and one piece missing can actually um um you know cause the whole thing to collapse so you know so there is there's a lot of risk um there is also the issue of risk which is um who's you know from a commissioner's point of view i think it's a very good deal um especially when there's a subsidy in the case of the life chances fund um the investors there's a lot said about investors um being you know encouraging innovation i'm not sure i think that uh, investors sort of um um, behave very typically in, re- in relation to the social impact bond and and haven't approached it necessarily with the sort of uh, um, broad thinking that uh, we would have liked. Um, but having said all that, the whole process itself has been a massive learning curve for us and it has strengthened our organisation, there's no doubt about it. Um, we've had, you know, great guidance and support from Crispin 
and that relationship has has been you know, really important. Um, and it, so it has in itself, it has you know, um, it has really helped raise our game to some extent, which we've had to do. Um, so that's that's um, also helpful. So um, I would say to other organisations, go into uh, social impact bond with you know your eyes wide open. There's going to be a lot of pain. There's you know I I can't imagine that it's going to be in any scenario um, easy to 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 bring it um, you know to actually get the deal done. Um, you know find a good lawyer. I said that before. Um, but um, but the 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 pain can be worth it. Is certainly I would say now it's it is for us because we have we have scaled um, now to an extent we couldn't really have dreamed of um, otherwise. Um, it's you know it's given us a platform to you know um, you know showcase um, you know what we're doing um, and also bring you know, new partners to the table uh, who otherwise I don't think maybe we would have been able to engage. So. Um, uh, in a summary, uh, I'd say yes, go for it, but be prepared to get knocked about a bit along the way. Be prepared for setbacks <clears throat> is a good one, isn't it, Davey? Uh, we were due to sign on the 1st of April and then lockdown took place. I mean, there was nothing else to change. It was already that was a that was a that was a big setback. By then, the relationships were very strong, and I imagine a huge amount of the credit for that goes to the skill mill and to Davy in particular, but also to social finance, who were instrumental in in this uh, at the heart of the SPV and pulling together the investors and so forth, and others, including the the customer base. For, for for the skill mill and, and um, it was astonishing actually how within a few weeks of that first lockdown that we only thought would last a few weeks the whole program had um, found another way forward it found an extra leg at the last minute and was and was and, and was up and galloping again uh, that that was extraordinary um, we I mean we were down at seven local authorities uh, at, at that point it was difficult to hold it all together. We're now at eight local authorities and extra ones come on board uh, six months after the event. Um, so I, I would add to um, to, to Davy's um, comments there that also just be aware that the thing that you're setting up at the beginning will not just say exactly as it is, it will evolve and it needs, you need to Set it up in a way that is 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 robust, but also capable of of um, of changing, uh, dealing with difficulties. The skill the skill mill um, program is four years long. Bear in mind that you know, there is life after four years, so you've got to keep an eye on on the longer term as well. All of these things are, are worth remembering throughout. Okay, great, thank you. It, it's it's a fascinating case study, and uh, it's been really. Great to hear how this works. I could continue hearing more about it, but um, I think it's probably worth wrapping up there. A couple of things to mention. Um, any social enterprises out there that are looking for finance more generally, um, our tip at Social Enterprise UK is that um, Good Finance is a good place to start um, and their website is goodfinance.org.uk. Um, and uh, Social Enterprise UK members 
also uh, can benefit from free legal advice from Hempson's. There's a free legal advice helpline that Hempson's operates for our members. Uh, you can get up to 15 minutes of valuable advice on a range of issues. And the number to call there is 020-7484-7611. And that's open uh, 10 a.m. to 4 p.m. Mondays to Fridays. And uh, I know lots of our members have benefited from that. Um, so, um, without uh, any any further ado i think it's time to wrap up but a huge thanks to both of you uh crispin and davy it's been uh fantastic to hear that story well, thank, thank you very you much Andy, as well thanks. for sharing it <laughs> thanks very much thank you everyone okay goodbye, goodbye. Bye.